Hello, residents of Mebletown. This is Dean. Johnny Vetus. And today... <laughs> what? Yeah, you heard me. And today we're going to be continuing our top games, looking at number 40 through 31, and giving a semi-review of On. So thanks for joining us for episode number 81. All right, residents of Meepletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with a giant staff. With He's wrapped in uh, toilet paper. It's No, it's cloths. And he's walking through the room. And he is dead. Wow. You know what I thought you were going to be? I'm, I'm not anything. What did you think you were going to be? I thought you were going to be... Johnny Destroyer of <laughs> Computer Chargers. Oh my gosh. That's what I thought. I don't know what I, I don't Listen, know what you're talking Dean, about right now. Dean, Lord of the Rings, is that what you're talking about? No, we're gonna review Ankh. Oh, I got you. And like like You were just looking at Lord and, of the Rings pictures. So. Yeah, but I mean like, you know, there's so many mummy characters in that game. Like it was like they were they were so scary, I was like, Mummy, you know, I need my mummy. Anubis was gonna happen, John. Oh, <laughs> is it too late to start these are you a serious to thing? start these jokes? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why. Because let me just say this about Ankh, and we'll end up talking. Oh, you're about reviewing that here in a it no. right off the bat. No, all I want to say is this game Dean has been talking about forever. Like ever since they announced this game, Dean has been talking about how much he wants this. This is probably Dean's most anticipated game of the century. Of the century? That's Maybe. ridiculous. What's, what, were you, what did you anticipate more than that? Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you time to say it later in the episode, too. I didn't mean to throw you on the spot. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, Anno 1800? I talked about that a lot. You, you, for you, my most, I'm looking at my most anticipated games. I know games. you care about that, but you're telling me you are more anticipating Anno 1800 than Ankh? I, I don't think so. I mean, didn't it make it higher on my list of excited games no maybe not maybe Ankh was number one on there probably sure it was. was you've been talking about Ankh for like over a year true or, true or false you were talking about i was talking about Ankh more than you were talking about i don't know let's say false. what what is that one game that card game you talked about forever you don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> he doesn't even know so there we go obviously i wasn't talking about it that much because he can't even remember right now uh there's several of them i don't know what it is i can't think of it anyway that's why dream dream that's why Dean's dressed up as a mummy. There are a lot of mummy figures in that game. But do you know why I'm Johnny Vetus? No. Because remember last episode whenever someone said the word Vetus? It was actually brought up on the Instagrams and the Twitters by one of our friends. I need to look up who that is. I don't know who you're talking I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think. Instead of saying Fetus or Concordia oh, Venus. Oh, right. Yeah. The words Vetus came out, and I, as I went back and thought about that, I thought, "Wow, what a wonderful time!" <laughs> Just thought it was funny. That's when I, when I was talking about my one of my top games from last week, right? I said I know ne- I haven't played Concordia Vetus. I think is that what happened? I don't know who did it, but I'm gonna. I would. Like I it think to be I did because it then sounds like made, something I would do, and then you made fun of me. Yeah, but I would rather not be the one that said the, that word. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that was D who. So tell people why you're Johnny were, okay. Destroyer of Computer Chargers. Oh my gosh. 
Okay, listen. Dean has this 1985 laptop that we do all our stuff on. That's right. And he claims, I, I, I don't know that I did, but I'm not going to deny it. He claims I stepped on his charger and now the charger is entirely broken. Yeah. Now. That did happen. I'm going to guess that it wasn't just my barely stepping on it that broke, but that it was probably the straw, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, no. this Actually, the charger is fairly new. <laughs> <laughs> you have a you have a garbage charger. <laughs> you stepped on it and separated oh the cord from the charger. And I said, Whoa there, buddy. You're stepping on the charger. And John said, I don't care, and started storming out of the room, throwing oh. things all over the place. John's got Johnny anger. That's what I do. Johnny's got some temper issues. What yeah. are we what are we doing today? We're not just doing our our next set of 10 games, are we? No, we're not. And listen, y'all, I love my, you know, doing polls and having, you know, those crazy discussions, but to save time because we're just doing we're doing these podcasts once a week, we really wanted to talk about Ankh because I mean, it's the game he's been waiting for all century, right? Yeah. And on top of that, we know that if we wait until this is over, how long is it going to be? Like over a month or so, right, Dean? Yeah. The people need to know how we feel about this game. But so they, they also need to know that we haven't played at a super hot player count. So we'll we'll talk about that whenever we get to that review piece. So we're not doing anything then, right? We're just we're gonna dive what are we in doing here. We're diving in. Yeah, to board games. We're not gonna do any of the banter. What do we want? Just make up something to banter about. Well, here's the thing. We're uh, we mentioned this last week at the end of the episode. Not everyone even saw or probably heard this. This might be a surprise that you have an episode popping up today at all. Right. That's a good point. So. We mentioned last week, since we're doing our top 50, we're doing them in, in clumps of 10, that we're going to be releasing them every single week. And I didn't yeah. mention that till the end of the episode. This could be a surprise. So anyway, we don't need all the banter. We don't need all the bonus stuff. We're just going to jump in. But we have to talk about Ankh, like John said. So let's let's do that. And are you ready? You ready to talk about Ankh? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed that we don't have a little bit more nonsense, but... The peoples may be proud of us for actually getting to the point. If you want nonsense, you can go back and listen to 30 Minutes to Nowhere. Or any other episode that we have. That's right. That's right. There's lots of nonsense. I guess we onk to get on with it. We, yep, we should do that. All right, Town. so this is the game of the century, is... I mean, this is Dean has been waiting. I'm just going to keep saying how much you anticipated this because you really did. Every time, Meeple Town, Dean would get a message about any kind of tracking number, he sent it to me and Jonathan. That's true. This may be it. This may be the moment. Do you have anything to say? Are you Looking just at some of these painted miniatures. Right just, here. Oh I haven't gosh. listened to you in a while, actually. <laughs> Look at that guy. He kept sending. I was like, good night, Dean. I was like hoping... Please just send Dean the game so he stops texting me tracking number or telling me every time he gets any kind of a tracking number. <laughs> Get it out of here. Just please stop. Yep. So I was a backer for Ankh. I went, I think, all in. I think I got everything on on that. There's lots of How much of that stuff. cost you, big boy? I don't know. Probably not a not a not a cheap game for sure. Over two hundred? Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Easy. Yeah. So anyway, Meeple Town, have you ever spent $200 on a board game? I guarantee they have. If you've ever done a... I'm going to do a poll about that. If you've ever Just done curious. a come on games... I'm do it right now. If you've ever done a, a come on games Kickstarter, you you for sure have. So anyway, we're not talking about all the Kickstarter stuff. In fact, we're just talking about the base game of this. Purposefully, 
just opened all of that stuff up just to see like if this is something that we're going to review then we want to make sure that we're talking about a copy of the game that you can actually get so i'm going to talk about how to play through and then we're going to do a mini review because know that we haven't played this at all player accounts yet and i really feel like we're going to have to play it at a higher player account to give some you know like a full full on review but we want to give it's more than initial impressions because we've played several times now but anyway there we go yep anyway in onk yeah. What is going to happen, this is an area control game. It's a two to five player game. And essentially you are taking on the role of a of an Egyptian god and you have all of these different guardians and warriors that are going to support that god. And you are trying to be the one left standing at the end of the game, the one who has the most devotion points. And in this game, there are four actions that you can take. You can move, you can summon more warriors onto the board, you can gain followers, which are basically like a currency in the game, and then you can boost your Ankh powers, and those are gonna be like, everybody has the same boards of the Ankh powers that they can take, but it will change from game to game depending on which powers that you decide to take. And you can take two in each of the three categories that will change, you know, uh, depending on which ones you pick. So okay. after you do, yes. as you're doing those actions, you're going to be moving these markers along on the board. And once they hit a certain spot, that's going to move you along on the map and that will do different events. So different events will trigger. You'll either be able to gain control of these different monuments. Monuments are going to give you points uh, during the conflict. You're going to be able to build these trails of camels and those are going to be separating the territory. So you start off with less territories and as the game goes on, you'll have more and more territories that you're vying for control over. And then finally, this is kind of the big thing is the battle. So in the battle, everyone's going to have the same deck of cards. Everyone, if you're involved in the battle, you're going to flip your card over and that will do different things. It will add strength. It will, it will uh, allow you to get more points. If you have people in the desert, it will allow you to get more followers if you're in the floodplains it'll be there's lots of different things that those cards can do and as you play cards you're not going to be able to gain them back until you play the card that allows you to take all those cards back into your hand so the a lot of the strategy is anticipating what the other players might play and then as you win those battles if you win the battle you're going to get devotion if you have more monuments of certain types than other players you're going to get devotion and you're going to keep playing through the game We'll talk about some other pieces, but that's kind of the gist of how the game plays. We'll talk about merging and all that when we talk about the review, but that's a kind of a general overview of it. Is that good? Absolutely. Absolutely, Dean. That wasn't too bad, actually. So let's go ahead and start off first by talking about the art and components. What do you think? You may go. Yep. All right. So I really like them. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I th Whenever we were playing the game yesterday, uh, I looked and I... Well, one of the times when we played the game, I was just looking at the board and just thinking, this is one of the most, in my opinion, IMO, beautiful boards that I've ever played on for a game like this. Um, yeah. I love the way the uh, rivers and the oceans have this like Egyptian like kind of feel with the draw, you know, with the way it's done. It's like this, it just looks really good. There's such beautiful textures on the board. Um, it's not just straight up a color. It's just, it's incredible. The minis are good. The art is really good. Now, the, the minis are better than good. I'll say that. The, the quality of them is they are very super, good. super detailed. I, These yeah. are some of their best that I've seen, I think. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, man, yeah, everything about the game, I have, 
I'm trying to think through, Dean. I don't think I have any complaints. One thing, I'm trying to pull this up, and I, I can't find it yet, but John, you have not played, here we go, let's see if we can find this. John has not played Rising Sun. The board is actually really similar um, in in style, I think, in some ways, to Rising Sun. I think I prefer Ankh, but I really, I like the look of the Rising Sun board oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, that looks great. Yeah. Um, you like it? Absolutely. It has this, like, ancient Japanese type feel or something. That looks cool. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah, I really like that a lot. I would say what could be a negative for some people is the um, miniatures and some of the characters are pretty gory looking. So they definitely are. Now, I will say that, okay, I'm going to go ahead and make this statement that we are talking about Ankh, but this is part of a trilogy of Blood Rage, Rising Sun, and then Ankh. Yeah. And I will say, compared to Rising Sun, they're nowhere near as as gory as those. Rising yeah, I've Sun never are, played are, Rising Sun or looked at Rising Sun, so yeah, there's some. Uh, I've just seen pictures. I've never seen it face to face. I mean, yeah, there's there's some pretty gory stuff when you get to the to the monsters. Um, even especially just in like the base game, it's got some pretty gruesome and some pretty freaky looking stuff too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so but but yeah, you're some people are gonna love that. Some people aren't. There you go. And then some people will be. Probably more like me. I'm neither for or against it, maybe. That was like the most useless statement I've ever heard in my life, John. Some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. And some people are going to be meh on it. That's exactly right. That I stand that. by it. <laughs> when it comes to rating and actually the gameplay of this, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. And some people are going to be meh on it as well. I would actually add that some people are going to really like it, maybe even love it. Some people are going to... Really not like it, perhaps even hate it. So yep. somewhere in that in that category, makes sense. They will fit. Uh, right. Well, it's, yeah, some people are just going to be indifferent. They're not going to have played it at all. That's exactly right, Dean. <laughs> so we ready to move on to the uh, the gameplay. You you did mention in the gameplay you did not like that you didn't have the uh, the 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 cards. The what do you call? Oh, it? I like that linen finish, finish cards, linus, but that's linen that's finish. totally. Do you say linus? Linen finish. So next week I will not be Johnny Vetus. I will be Johnny Linus. <laughs> How about that? We should we should always make fun of each other whenever we make mistakes. All the time. Okay. Absolutely, you should make fun of me more often with that. No, I'm. You always do. I. You don't. told everyone that I destroyed your uh, laptop battery. Is that making fun of you? Your charger. I mean. Oh yeah. You said that I have giant that I stomped all over it <laughs> and that I ripped the cord out <laughs> and that I walked out. What does that? What does that mean? Giant like ogre feet coming in here. I don't have ogre feet, but <laughs> just so you know, Meeple Town, I have very square feet and toes. Uh, I am constantly referred to as Barney Rebel, toes and feet. By the way, since we've started this review, John has been staring at a picture of himself the entire time. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not. I posted a poll, and I've been watching the polls come in, and my picture's underneath it. <laughs> okay. I didn't see the poll. I was like, man, that is very vain. <laughs> I don't want to I, I want to pay attention to you. I don't want to scroll up and down, but I was just, actually, I better close that poll because, you know, next week, Dean will already know that three people voted one way. That's so right. Oh, that? yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So I'm going to close out of it. So here's, I mean, Art and Components, fantastic, great. But for me, even though they're all good, what really matters is the gameplay. That's right. Dean, what do you think? All right. You kick it, baby. So let's go ahead and start talking about 
a piece that goes into the game, like how you play the game, that I left out that is going to come up right off the bat, okay? We're going to talk about the merging mechanic. Oh, my Right gosh. off the bat, Why? I'm bringing up something bad. Why are we doing Why don't we at least give like some non-controversial pieces to it? And then here's the thing. If people want to listen, no, this is what we do. Thank you for starting this. Let's just tease them with that to where they have to keep listening. And then later on, we bring it back up. <laughs> and they're going to be the whole time going, what is that? What controversial thing are you I talking thought about, about that, but then I thought we might end up bringing it up. We can do that. Eventually, I feel like we're going to hit that point like probably pretty early on. When we're I'm afraid we're going to talk about this for 30 minutes. You're going to talk about this for 30 minutes. You want to talk about it for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I feel like there's a uh, Chris Farley quote in there somewhere. <laughs> your your head has a shell on it. That's it. Tommy boy, right? Your head has there, a shell on there it. There you go. There we go. All right. <laughs> so Sometimes we get tickled. What are the things that I like about this game? I like area control games, period. Okay? So all of those, you know, these Blood Rage, these Rising Sun, what are, what are those? Kemet and Cyclades and all of those type of games. I really, really like that style of game. And so this is something that I... Had an idea that I would probably like just based on the plus you love Eric Lane pedigree He's one of, of your the designer. designers. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, so anyway, this game has that same element of let me try to get these characters into this area and dominate it, and then based on my abilities. By the way, each god has their own special ability. I never mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But based on my my god's ability, based on the way that I've built up my Ankh powers, how can I best maneuver? winning these territories so yeah. that I can get devotion. Like I, I love that in games and yeah, I, I just, I, I assumed that I would probably like this because of all those other games that Eric Lane's designed that I've really enjoyed. Well, can I share the things? I guess I did talk you out of talking about the, the controversial subject. So awesome. Here's, there are some pieces to this game. I absolutely love. I really enjoy in this game. Number one, I have not played again Rising Sun, so I'm going to do some comparison to Blood Rage if you've played it. And if you're upset that I haven't played Rising Sun, do you, know what, you, you know what you can do right now? Here he goes. So, with um with this game, what I like about it is Blood Rage is a straight up bloodbath. And in Blood Rage, it's really hard IMO in my opinion to come back in that game if the other players know the cards and know, hey, there's a low-key strategy, right? If they do and they keep those cards from you, it's I, I, I tend to think it's difficult. Um, players do need – they can team up against other players and stuff like that. But let's just say there's a pack. Last game I played of Blood Rage, there were three players that were right around the same and one player was in the very back and that player in the back had no chance. Um, some people are going to love Blood Rage because it's just a straight-up bloodbath, and they don't care about that. They're just going to go after it. This game is more tactical decisions than just a straight-up bloodbath. I mean, there are tactical decisions in Blood Rage. There's no doubt about it. But it's positioning, you know, building monuments. You know, Dean mentioned that. So whenever you, whenever you score Devotion, you're going to start this whole thing and that's going to include things like looking at monuments and whoever has the most monuments in that territory. So it's cool that it doesn't just have area majority for the player battle pieces. You know what I mean, Dean? That's right. I like how it has both. That how being said, has, you do have to have uh, you have to have presence in there to presence. be able to, to get right. that. But but it's not just Dean right. has five value worth of strength with his dudes on the map or whatever. Um, 
it's not just that. So first you're going to look at the And monuments. I think a lot of people will like that piece. I of love that piece fun. about yeah. it. Like you go th- so you could actually just have one person in the territory, but you have a lot of monuments, right? And you score, you can score up to three points if you have the majority on the three different types of monuments. I love that. But then after that, you have uh, the battle. And if you win the battle, then you get one point, right? Unless you have cards, which I feel like personally, you can tell me, Dean, I don't want to keep rambling. I feel like I love that part about it, but I also feel like I really love the battle system in this game. I think it's my favorite out of this between this and blood rage at least hmm. that's a tough one I, I i will say this it's the it's the hardest one to grasp i think um rising sun actually might be that but between blood rage and and ankh i think ankh is is harder to grasp like how the cards work really well and you need to play through several battles and play those cards to see oh yeah this works really well in this scenario. and, I, and uh, But I think they're really unique. It's more than just like, let me add these numbers, which is what Blood Rage is. Yeah. This is like, no, you need to have these, like you need to have lots of characters in the desert, for example. And and then if you win, then you're going to get even more points because you played this drought card. Yeah, you so know? if you and win I think the battle, really instead of, I'm sorry, Dean. No, 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 you're instead good. Instead of you're getting good. one point, you also get points for every character that's in the desert. So here's the good and the bad of this, all right? First of all, I would say the negative is at times it's pretty predictable what someone's going to try to do, right? Would you agree with that? Like I can, I think I can predict, you know, he's probably going to do this or this in most scenarios. Cause there's ones that like, if you have a lot in the plains area, the grassy area, um, then you're going to get followers and stuff like that. So if you see a ton of his guys there, you can think, Oh, he's probably going to do this. But what I like about it better is with blood rage, even though I like it, don't get me wrong of the battle system, it's highly unpredictable. And some people are going to love that about it, right? Like, I I could have a card that has no extra value. I could have no cards in my hand that allow me to play something to add extra strength to what I have. Mm -hmm. I could also have one that has gives me four, right? I could also have one that cancels, you know, your battle. And so there's a lot more like in blood rage, hoot and holler moments of no, yes, like those types of things. But it's so unpredictable. Me as a more of a classic Euro kind of player like the Ankh system better because I can think through like, okay, he's probably going to play this. And remember, it's got the Concordia battle system. The Concordia battle system. Oh, wow. um, it's got the Concordia style where like you have, I don't know, eight battle cards. Is that right, Dean? Seven, eight, something like that? Uh, I was thinking nine, but you might okay, be maybe, right. maybe it I'm, is eight. Okay, I, maybe it's not. But like after you play it, you cannot pick it up again until in another battle you play a card that gives you zero extra strength and you get to pick up all your cards. So what I also like about it is you're not just trying to predict what they're doing in this one scenario. There may be five different areas on the map, and there's going to be, and maybe you're involved in three different battles. So you have to plan out what cards you're playing every single time and you're also predicting what your other players are doing every single time and I think that's really fun and I like that better though I totally understand why some people were going to say no way I love the unpredictability boom I just played this on blood in blood rage yeah which is exactly the the thing that you described like that like hoot and holler moment. That's why I prefer the blood rage. I to totally this. understand. And that. The, the other thing that I like better, I don't want to get too much on blood rage, but the other thing that I like better about blood rage is that you have the decisions of 
do I take these attack cards or do I take the quest cards or do I take the upgrade cards? Like yes. those become a lot more That's grueling decisions. Whereas this one, you, you get what you get. Like even though the cards themselves, I think are more interesting in, in Ankh, you don't have those decisions on which cards I'm going to keep. And that's, that's yeah. I told Dean yeah. that I would, and maybe this will be addressed later. I would have enjoyed having like a set of 10 of those cards. And then you drew seven or eight out and everyone had the same cards. You know what I mean? And that way, every game it would play like a little different because it's not just the same set of cards, more variability. I think I would have liked that in it. Um, and I think other people might like that too. The thing I like that they, that they don't do that. The, the reason why I'd like that they don't do that is because the complexity of those cards, unless you're playing this game, like always you really need to have a grasp on how those cards play out. And again, it takes a little while, I think to, to kind of figure that out. I didn't but, feel like it took that long. Like I felt like I, I, I picked that up and sometimes I take a long time to pick stuff up. I feel like I picked that one up pretty quick. Like, okay, I have a lot of people in the green. Okay. I have a lot of people in the desert. It's not that so much. It's how it interacts with other players and what they potentially could play. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the so there's a one card that I really enjoy that you have called the Plague of Locusts. Yeah. And in this in this card, someone if they play it, then before you score the merchants, right? Not merchants. What do they call monuments? I'm sorry. Before you score the monuments, every player has a handful of these follower. You have follower um, tokens, and everyone bids on how many they're willing to give to be the only person left in the battle potentially right. mm -hmm. and you bid and then every player's wiped off except for your gods never get wiped off there's also characters like mummies that Im immediately come back to life and different things like that but for the most part that's really a crazy card because if you are controlling all three you know monuments you have the majority of them and then someone wipes all your people off the map then it would probably be stupid not to have a god in that area. But it can really change the game. Yeah. That that card is a really interesting card. And I think oftentimes I played it probably not optimally. Like, it's a really important card. I was like, eh, I don't think I did as much damage as I should have. So that was one, one thing I was going to mention about uh, how I like this game. A good thing, but I could see this potentially being a negative for some other people. When John and I played our first game, back and forth, we were like, oh, I really should have played yeah. this card, and it would have made this happen and if I would have played this card instead in this territory this would have happened we had a lot of those moments or I really wish I would have picked this Ankh power instead yeah. of this one throughout the entire game and then you know and then even after that and in, in subsequent plays that's that's kind of the same thing like oh mm, I really wish I would have thought through this like you have to be thinking far enough in advance yes. to know which cards you play and which powers you take and all of that all of it I, I generally like games where you have to think in advance yeah pretty, yeah and so like a couple other things. Uh, mechanically, when you take an action, there's four different rows to take an action. And whenever you move you move the player, uh, this piece to the right, everyone is using the same action like board. And you move it one space to the right if you decide to take that action. Now, if you want to take a second action, you can, but it has to be below that. So like if I take an action to gain an onk like God power in this game, that's the lowest row. I cannot take another action. In addition to that, you have this other potentially grueling decisions of, oh man, if you get to the end of the row, then you get a bonus. Like mm -hmm. you can you can take over a monument. Um, yeah, if you're standing next to one or you can divide up the board. It starts in two sections. By the end of the game, it's going to be six sections. Yeah. 
So like you get to draw the map and where the lines are at, which could be really powerful or eh, who cares? Or you get to go, you initiate the battle that we were just talking about, but you gain a thing that allows you to one time break a tie, which could be really big. It could be a big moment in the game. And I love those decisions on, you know, if you do set one of those off, then you, with your first move, then you don't get a second action. And I think that there's some really brilliant mechanics in the game that I really love like that. Yeah. Um, I just think it's fun. I do agree that there, that Blood Rage has some, like the drafting is really cool, but mm-hmm. I just, I like this as much. I yeah. do. I, okay. I like, I like the mechanics of this, of that, like when to go here, because if I go here and, and move my people around, then it's going to give Dean the opportunity to very next move, you know, get this bonus. Yeah. So I don't want to do that because I want to wait and hopefully he'll give me the position to do that, but I can't do that the whole game. You know, th- those are fun. One thing that that is kind of in common in all of these games is that the monsters aren't necessarily like the crazy thing that you definitely have to get. You know, in, in Blood Rage, you have the decision, you know, am I going to take these and which ones yeah. am I going to take, right? Rising Sun's the same way. You, you're taking these cards that, could penetra- that would have monsters on them, but you don't have to take them. You can choose. In this game, it's a little bit different because as you're moving up the track... If you open up one of those spots at the bottom, which you will, is if you're if you're putting your Ankh power tokens out onto the board, mm-hmm. then you're going to just unlock characters, and you're going to get what you get, what's out there, right? That that part is a little bit more unique in this game, but at the same time, the monsters aren't just like super overpowered. So if you don't screech up that track to get those yeah. monsters, you're not necessarily in that bad of shape because you might be improving in some other areas. And I, I like that. There's always, at least in Blood Rage and this, there's always that draw because these miniatures are huge. And you think, oh, they're so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. And they do have special abilities, but I think you can get locked into really wanting those bad whenever they're not always the most optimal for you to get. And I, I like that. <laughs> A lot. There's an intimidating factor. There right? is like, like, holy crap! Excuse me. You know, like there's a huge guy on the board now. Ugh. Yeah, I don't want to go in that territory because they got three big dudes in there. But they're only worth three points. That's right. They just have some special abilities. <laughs> That's right. Now some of them might you know have more yeah. value to them, but but overall you're right. They're Most all the just worth one point. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like, oh, it's just the same as the little little guys. Hey, little guy, how you doing, little guy? All so, right. Now let's talk about these two things, okay. John. Okay, two pieces in this game. One, I'll talk about. First, and then I'll mention the other one, then we can talk about both of them. Okay, the first one is merging of the two lowest players once you get to a certain point in the game. So once you yes. hit the, oh goodness, I'm not looking at the board, third or fourth. That's what I was just about to do. Third or fourth battle. I think it's the third battle. After that battle, the two lowest characters, the two lowest people are going to merge together. Now, this is not in a two-player game. It's only in a three-player and above game, okay? That's right. So what that means is you are now one person, and if you win, it's you win together. You're going to eliminate all of the pieces from the board of that lower player, okay? Mm -hmm. They're just gone. They're done. You're going to take the ability of that lower player and add it to the higher player, and you're also going to take the score of the lowest player, and that's going to be where you're starting at. But now you have to work together. And instead of, I didn't mention this, you're taking one to two actions. Most of the time you're taking two actions in the game. The only exceptions are if you trigger an event or if you take your first action as an Ankh power and then that's the the last spot on the board. You have to go in like order from top to bottom. So if I take the Ankh power action first, I can't then take another action because there's no other action below that. Now, if you're merged... 
If John and I merge together, John will take an action on his turn, and I'll take an action on my turn. It's but, the third one. It's actually during the third, at the end of the third battle. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, I was right then. So, um, and, and also to clarify, there are five battles that take place, so it's a little over halfway through the game. Yeah. Uh, it's more because well, of the, the amount of rounds after that, so the amount of events that happen after that. Okay, you're that right. That makes sense. You're right. It's probably, it's about 66%. of It's about two-thirds of the way through the game. That's right. Because there's about 12 here and then six more for the next one, so. So what that what that means is, okay, so after those merge together, if John triggers an event, then I can immediately trigger an event. So there's some advantages to being in those merge players for sure. You get both God actions. You can also trigger multiple events on your turn, whereas if you're playing by yourself, you would only be able to do one, if that makes sense. And the disadvantage... Uh, while I was pulling this up, forgive me if you've said this, is you go back to the lowest player score. Yeah, I did say that. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. So if, if you have a player that's not playing super well and they're 10 points behind first place, you all have to go all the way back to 10 points behind. That's right. Okay, now let me mention this other part real fast. So after the fourth battle, you're going to eliminate a player. Now, I don't think I mentioned this, which this is kind of a big deal. You're trying to race to get to the top of the devotion track. That's how you win this game. I should oh, have yeah. mentioned that at the very beginning. Yep. There, the board is split into the red area, which is at the bottom, and the blue area that's at the top of that devotion track. So if at, after that fourth battle, if you are still in that red area, and there's more than half of the board is red, right? If Although I don't think that board's right. Is that right? Uh, maybe. It doesn't look like. Maybe, anyway, maybe, I don't know if that's I an older copy of the rule book, or maybe I'm just rethinking through. Anywho... What happens is so it's twenty seven after points, that. I think after that fourth battle, if you're still in the red area, you get eliminated. You are done. Player elimination in this game, John. Let's talk about those two. Okay, things. Okay, so it looks like uh, if I'm doing the math right, at, at, a, at about um, point twenty in the game, out of twenty seven, I think to win. If I did that right, that's where that red one cuts off. So you have to be, you know pretty far along on that. Now, with that being said, there is an an ability with one of the characters that every time you gain devotion, not with one of the characters, with every character, one of the Ankh abilities that you can unlock, every time you gain a devotion, if you're in the red, you gain an additional one. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that hard to get out of the red unless you're playing really bad. That part doesn't bother me that much because in addition to that, there are only going to be three more events that trigger before the end of the game. So we're talking about, instead of being 66% of the way through the game, we're probably 75 to 80% of the way through the game when a player or players can get eliminated. I don't hate player elimination, so I don't mind it. I don't think I mind that that bad. What about you? Yeah, because it's so it, late in the game, if yeah. you are still in that red... It's gonna be hard to win. I'll say that. So like, unless everyone's just kind of floating around it because of the way true. the board, the battles if, have have gone and stuff like that. That's right. And if you don't make it to the top and you're at the end of the game, then it's whoever has the most devotion is going to be the winner of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. It, it doesn't bother me because again, you don't have you're very so, much to go after that. Like you're you're going to be done really fast after that second to last battle. The positive to it is it kind of also speeds the game on up because if someone's like getting whipped. And then why, I mean, just to be real, 
And the other the two things, w- let's speed the game up, but also, have you ever played games where someone's just getting destroyed and then they just start taking inv- a, a vendetta out on everybody and just trying to hose everybody? Oh, yeah. And it's kind of frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Especially if they were just like, because sometimes, and I've had this happen, sometimes you're the reason they're behind. <laughs> So they take out a personal vendetta to take you down, and you don't win, and it's just kind of frustrating because you're just like, dude, I or gal, I didn't mean to like, I wasn't it wasn't a personal attack, but they took it personally. Yeah. So then they're out of the game and they can't do that. Um, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, and that's a common piece in these area control yeah. games for some people. Not everybody plays that way, but if you cross me early in the game, I might lose, I'm but I'm you. coming at you. Yeah, so that part doesn't really bother me. But, but the what, merging part. But what does bother me... Okay. Um, so, let me go back to the first game Dean and I played. I We played two players, and I really enjoyed it. I was like, wow, this is a two-player area majority game that's done well. Like, I just thought, this is really great. Um, just super enjoyed it. Um, I'm not saying it's like, you know, top 50 for me or anything, but I just thought, wow. I was surprised. I was very impressed I had a very Euro-y vibe with some um, cool theme in the game. Nice art. I'm enjoying it. I'm liking the mechanics of the game. Uh, we finished the game, and that was fun. Um, last night, I'll just talk about last night's game. Uh, I We played three players, right? So there are – we have not played it at four or five. You haven't, right, Dean? Correct. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that's that's why we want to make that caveat. Like, this is not a full-on review I feel like to really fully review us, we really need to play at four and five. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I disagree with that, but you can. <laughs> I don't normally you have feel that two, way, but three, I do four, five players on the box, then I can review it at those. I wouldn't like it if we had only played two players. Normally, I feel that way, and I'll explain why in just a minute. Go ahead and say okay. what you were going to say. So, this is what happens in the game. First of all, Dean is a scumbag. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. This is this is actually and I'm not really hilarious. No, no, it was now. this was like the best move for him to I think he unintentionally did this. Oh, at 100%. <laughs> it was unintentional. But I'm having questions, okay, at the moment. I'm thinking, did he really? No, I'm just kidding. So, this is what happens in the game. My wife is whipping us. We're probably 10 points behind her Dean, both of us. Dean and I have kind of been was, not quite that much. Maybe 8. Think. Yeah. We've kind of been battling back and forth, and what you know often happens in these games is then the player who's not getting touched takes a big lead at the moment. And so Dean is talking to me and says, listen, the merge is about to happen. There's no way we are going to be able to surpass her. So listen, I have more Ankh abilities. He had all his Ankh abilities open. I was set up, which is a big deal. I was four out of six. He had all six of his. And so he convinces me to tank the, 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 a whole round of battles so that he can for sure beat me and so that we can use his abilities because they're all unlocked. I did convince you to get some points, but just not enough that would pass me. A few, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was, so there was in particularly a match between just me and him where I could have scored a lot of points and I would have won, right? Like I would have had more. I don't think there's a way that you would have surpassed me. And that there was a there's a card in the game where you can play called Miracle, and if you die, it's like the Loki strategy. You get a point for everyone that dies. And I had a four people in that territory, and I would have played it and died, and I would have gained four points. And at that point, I was two or three points ahead of Dean, so I would have been like probably he would have gained one for beating me, five or six points ahead of him, right, Dean? Which I don't. If I would have played the battles harder, there's no way Dean would have beat me. I was 
I felt like pretty solid in second place. He convinces me to lose, then proceeds to go all <laughs> out and beat my wife. In, I and, screeched up that he track. He goes up the track like crazy. And then, so he actually beats her by one point. And so it's my wife and I that merge. And what stinks is because I didn't <laughs> score that many points because I was allowing him to win, we're back like 10 points on Dean. And that was like, it was hilarious, honestly. I've never felt so good about myself in board games in my life. <laughs> it was. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I, I promise you this. I play this game again. I am not going to... I, I'm not going to give in to that. I'm going to be like, you know what? No. You're going to trust me in any I'm going to do my ever. thing, and if you don't like it, then that's okay. We're going to go with my character because so far, I've positioned myself better in this game. It was total dumb luck. And then about like the second to last battle, I realized, oh, yeah. oh. It's because I'm taking them. Pass Larissa, and if I do this, it's going to be really hard for them to catch up. And And – and it was. I was like, I'm I'm going to win this game now. I had no idea that that was going to happen, but then I, I just dumb lucked into it. So that is no fault to the game. Nope. Okay, that's, that's no fault, fault to, to the game. To Johnny, Johnny uh, Sucker? Tank, tank the game? I don't know. Dean the Deceiver? <laughs> Dean the Deceiver. <laughs> that might be right. That's awesome. So here's the challenges that, I, that, that happen. So what happens when the gods merge, because I was in last place, all of my characters are wiped off the board. They're gone. So everything that I've been working for for two-thirds of the game, it's gone. All of my Ankh abilities that I've unlocked, they're gone. The only thing that I keep is my player power, which you have at the beginning of the game, so it's nothing that you've accomplished. The only thing that you've accomplished that you keep is you have the follower tokens. That can help with the locust battle, help to unlock more Ankh abilities. Um, and so I give those over to my wife. Her, All her players stay. All my monuments are gone. All of it's gone. And so instead of us being able to take two turns every time, we both just take one turn every time. And what I, so first of all, I was, it was really disappointing to actually, I was in the game to actually two thirds through the game. I mean, of course, I, I guess I couldn't have believed Dean, but to have all my pieces just gone, like I was like, uh, like I felt had, like, had we not started working on that pact, you would have been in the game, but because we had made this pact kind of, yeah. And then I deceived you. Then, then that really ended up hurting you. Which I guess that's a rule for us that we don't need to do that. No, anymore. I mean it doesn't play matter. Your, play your best game and then see what happens. Yeah, I mean that's probably true. But like, what was disappointing to me was we were still in the game. You were still in the game. Larissa wasn't so far ahead that we couldn't come back. That's true. And it seemed like she was at the time to be, to start that conflict. It seemed like it was insurmountable. She had a, I wouldn't say it was insurmountable. No, because you came back on me in a game that I was that far ahead of you. Right, but that early in the game and she was already up, I think, I'm wanting to say it was like seven, seven yeah. points. I still think we could have come back if we would have just tag teamed against her and, and flipped all of her monuments to ours. But I, I, that's my thought. I could think we could have easily come back against her. But what was really, it's like, it's like I built an engine and then it gets wiped out from under me and all the work that I've done is gone. That was really disappointing. On top of that, like what ends up happening is now it goes from a area majority games are just better at higher player counts pretty much every time. Even though I really like this at two, you just go from a three player game to a two player game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's hugely disappointing in the game. On top of that, Larissa and I are sitting here and I have to, we're discussing strategy in front of Dean. 
who just gets to sit there and listen to what we're going to do. I'm trying to be as incognito as possible, pointing at cards, going, hey, this and that and that and this. But he just gets to sit back. And on top of that, what I don't like is it leads to a ton more, in, in my opinion, AP. Like he's sitting there while we're having these 15-minute conversations. Not 15 minutes. Five to 10 minutes sometimes. You're just sitting there. And listening to us say, well, we could do this and this and that and that and this and this. And then we can move the pieces here. We could do that and that and that. I wanted, when I heard about this mechanic, I was excited about it. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I was excited to try this. And I was less excited. You were less excited. After going through it, I think it's a cool idea that is not fun. Yeah. Like straight up, I don't like it at all. If I ever play this game at three, I'm going to throw that out. And that's that's the key, John. And this is why I don't normally feel like to give it a full on like I just want to be real with where we're at, how many plays we've, you know, how many what player counts we've played this game at. Yes, absolutely. I don't normally feel I feel like if you put it on the box, I have every right to rate this game at a two, even though it plays better at five. If you put two on the box, I'm going to I can rate it at two. Right. Yep. And I, this game feels like the exception just because. I get in my mind that you're right. I think you are right. At three, that probably doesn't play out unless somebody's just like really, really far behind. And then that's going to put the second player at such a disadvantage to not be able to catch up. Yeah, it hurts. But at a five, four, five player game, I think that might not be the case. And I think I would really like it. I think it's, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. It. I actually like the merger uh, mechanism better than I thought I would, but I, I feel somewhat the same way you do at three players, even though it's, yeah. I think it's unique and it's, and it's pretty cool. It's I think unique, you guys, you did take, you fairly. did take too long. I'll, I'll say that yeah. whether that's a fault of the game or whether that's a fault of your gameplay, you were taking a long time once we merged together, right? Well, you have two eyes on the board. I mean, the positive is you have two eyes on the board. You all can discuss things. The negative is this player notices things that you don't notice. That You notice things that they don't notice, and you have to talk about them. And if you don't like cooperative games because of that quarterback, you know, the, the idea of quarterbacking in, in yeah. cooperative games where somebody just kind of takes charge. That absolutely can happen in this game. This will be not for you, probably. I was having to reel back because I end up being careful. Like, my wife was just like, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, no. Like, cause it's not going to be fun for you. And I might be wrong. Like Dean said, there's one big moment where I was wrong. Fine. I do. Get, I am wrong. And it, so many times. So like in that, in that case, I think it really does take the right person for that mechanism to really click with somebody. So yeah. you're right. I think in a three player game, I'm totally fine saying, let's just play this out. Right. Let's, I'll, let's just see what happens. Absolutely. We'll do that 100% of the time, unless someone's just like adamant that they don't want to do that. That being said, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I didn't I did. dislike it. <laughs> I just think I would like it that much more at four and five players. After the game was over, I was like, mm, I didn't love that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't hating it. But as I've thought about it more and more, and I was just like, no, I actually really th- hate that mechanic. I, maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm going to change. Maybe I'll flip. Maybe I'll try it again and go, yeah, that was that was really cool. Even if we would have won Dean, I still wouldn't have liked it for the reasons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it has nothing to do with win, oh, sure. yeah. win yeah. lose or anything like that. It was just like wiping, like being the third. If I was second place, I might not have hated it as much. But I hated losing everything I'd worked for the entire game. Sure. Like if you were in that scenario, that would have not been fun. And what I guess what it does is it adds this level of tension. I think, I think it, again, maybe not so much in a three player game because again, Larissa and I were really close. Like we were within one point whenever that merger happened. And then, then I was in the lead by like 10 points because you're terrible, but, because I, (laughs) but it adds, I think 
when you, you feel like me to not get any points. you have one player who's in the lead. Okay, and this is in a three-player game. You have after the merger, so now it's two teams. You have one player that probably has a fairly significant lead. You have somebody that's pretty far behind, but their powers are stronger than yours. I think that's really interesting, and it's this tension that. I'm going to really, as the leader, I'm really going to have to be on my game because even though I have such a lead, I'm going to lose battles because they have two different abilities working together and the actions that they get to take are stronger because they can do the events yeah. twice in a row, right? I think that's really interesting. I like it, but I don't love it and I think I would love it at a higher player count. I, I still, I don't know if it would change my opinion at a higher player count, to be real. I mean, it would speed the game up is what you would think, but it doesn't. It doesn't speed the game up because they're going to talk about it just you, as much. Do you think in a higher player count, again, we're just speculating on this. Do you think in a higher player count, it actually rewards the two lowest players? Because then you're a stronger team than everyone else on the board. And then those are those other players that are, you know, third and uh, what is it, second and third place. At that point, you're probably going to catch and pass them because more than likely you're not going to be too far behind. Do you think I that mean, would be the case? I, it depends on how bad the last place player is that's that's a big negative to it is like if you're playing with people let's just say sally has never played the game before and she's not playing well you know if you're in third place or fourth place then you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to at that point go back as far and then you're gonna probably end up being armchair quarter you're gonna be quarterbacking a lot because they're not gonna know how to play right or you know what i mean if they're not great players so it's just yeah i just yeah. Okay. Let's 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 final thought it. So we, we we can go ahead and final thought. Yeah. And again, I'm giving this caveat that for me, I feel like I kind of need more plays of this at a higher player account to to really solidify how I feel about it. Right now, let's I, give our ratings. Is that okay or no? Yeah. Yeah. That's because okay, I'm going to give mine if you don't want to. Yeah. Okay. No. No. I'll give I'll give mine after two plays. So I really enjoy this. And normally, again, we get more plays and try to get a broader view of the player count if needed. That's right. Okay. Initial thoughts for me, as I really like the gameplay, I like the actions that you're taking. I like that we didn't even talk about this, but the tension between setting off events and holding off, setting sure. off events so that other players can set them off so you can get an event that you really want it's to good. take. I really enjoy that. I think it's fantastic. I love the uh, the different guardians, those monsters in this game. I think that's really cool. I think that you the action of the bat the action card, the battle cards that you play, I think are really interesting. Overall, I really like this game. I think that even at a two-player game, it's a lot of fun. I like the merger. I don't love it. But I think, again, I would like it more at a higher player count. I'm going to give this one. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, with the merger, it is possible that depending on who you merge with, it can make it fun, more fun. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, the, that, no, totally, I'm not, and I'm not, 100%. And, the re, and yeah. that's one of the reasons I love playing with my wife, but like it wasn't as much fun because I was really trying to not say a lot because I don't want to be that person. And so that kind of made it, a, it not as potential fun. Um, but anyways. But you have to play with the right person when you're playing with a merger. I, sure. could, I could see like you and your buddy who you're on the same page with in games, hooting and hollering and really loving being yep. together. I still, I, maybe it's, I was just thinking through Dean. Maybe it's because I play a lot of Euros and sometimes I do like those like, so not solo games, but you know what I mean? Like not. I guess I like all kinds of games, so never mind. I, I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give <laughs> this one rambling. an eight and a half right now okay. because of all those things. It in the scenario book. There's a scenario book that has tons of different different scenarios for setting up the map. It would have been a super simple fix just in that scenario book to say, "Hey, don't play with the merger. 
And I think people would love it a lot more than yeah. what they do if you don't like that. So I would say if you want to do that, just do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I would like to play with it, but maybe not with every group of people that I play with. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Certain groups I would love to play with a merger. Other groups I would not. Yeah, so I'm going to give my rating based on what the rule book says. Sure, and that's totally fair. Uh, I, I agree with this that. This game, I, I I mean, I'm thinking about picking it up when it's available. I mean, depends on how much it costs because I think it's a really brilliant two-player area majority game. I don't know if I play by the rule book if I care to play it at higher player counts. I'm just being real. It would be an 8.5. It's a 7.5 out of 10 because of that merge rule in my that's just that's just me like yes i'm usually willing to play it the only time at the moment i'm going to suggest it if i'm counting the rules in the rule book is maybe if i'm playing two players and i would play with them um, i know that sounds crazy but i had such a bad taste after one time now again that's after one time of that happening so maybe i you know johnny flip my ratings still a really good rating i think it's a very solid game yeah but based on that rule book, I just absolutely appalled that. How about that? Wow. That's pretty crazy. It is. Like, I, I just, <laughs> I just, uh, and, and there are, I mean, we're not the only ones who have had these discussions. Like, yeah. go look up Onk ratings. And some people like it, they're, but they're, they seem to be far and few between. I would say most people would say they don't like it or they don't love it. It's That's kind of maybe more like you. Like, okay, I don't love it. It's okay. Not my favorite. I think with certain groups and the right amount of people, I actually would love it. I, I really I might, though. I agree with that. Like, I might really like it depending on how it goes with that. But maybe even the choice. Like, if you're the bottom two players, hey, do you want to merge together? And if we do. Yeah, that would be great. That could I, be another scenario. Just I throw agree, that scenario I in I agree the with that. That would have been fine for them to say you have a choice of merging. Yeah. And you can decide to do it or not. Because um, then that would have changed everything last night a little bit. Yeah, because I don't. I, you and I wouldn't have collaborated. I wouldn't have deceived you. Yeah, and and you, honestly, I probably would have come in last place to, if we were totally real. I probably would have, as it were, I won the game. Yeah, that's right. Happy Dean. That's it. That's Dallas. Nope, that is Ankh. John gives it a what'd you say again? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I give this one an eight and a half. Again, these are still kind of early thoughts um, that might change over time, like all of our ratings do. But that's where we're at. Let's look at our number 40 through 31. All right, Meeple Town, here we go. This is our second set, numbers 40 through 31 of our what, Dean? What is this? So this is our top 50 games of all time. Of 20, all time. 2021 version. We do this every year. That's right. You can go back if you want to and look on the YouTubes or listen to the podcast and see what our best ones were from last year and top you, 50 from the year before. How do you do your list, John? Tell Just just give people a little insight. What, what's going on in Johnny, Johnny Meepletown's mind when you're figuring out your list? I think we have the same thing. What game would we rather play, basically? That's right. Like, that's, so, right. That's, that's really all it comes down so to. So it's not like I'm saying these are the 50 greatest games of all time. I'm saying these are my personal, right now, 50 best games of all time that I want to play. Yep. That's what we're that's what we're thinking about. We use Pub Meeple a lot to help us with that. That helped a lot. I, I know for me it doesn't stick exactly with that. I do change it up based on like what the final results are. But 
recommend going over to Pub Meeple to, to check out their engine over there to help you if you want to do a list like this, which you might want to because over in the Meeple Town Guild, that is guild number what? 3407. So if you've been watching YouTube or you're on the podcast and you haven't joined our guild, go to BGG, sign up for our guild because we had a really cool guild member. Um, Matt Walker, right? Do you yeah. know if Matt's really cool or this yes, was just a cool I know idea. based okay. on my interactions on the interwebs with him, he's a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. So Matt started to do his own top 50 and show it in the guild and he's calling other people to say, look, look, you better get do in it. here in the guild and show me your top 50 or I'm going to what? Oh, yeah. He's coming after him. No, I he's don't coming think after so. Him. I think he's just encouraging people to do it. I think that's what he wants. He wants people to come show off their top 50, and he's he showed his on here, the the first 10 of those, which is pretty interesting because he put Everdell at number 50. So right off the bat, I writ Matt off, and I said, <laughs> nope, not today, Matt. I agree with Matt. Everdell will not be on my list. <laughs> but I still like that game for sure. He actually has a really unique list on here that I really like. Tiny Towns is one. Meeple Circus. It seems like the list that you would really enjoy. It is. I do too, is. though. I like his picks. And also a game I'd never even heard of before, which was, what was that one? Uh, Donut drive Through. I've never heard of that I have no one. idea what that is. Anyway, maybe want to check it out because of his other games on here. So anyway, go, go to on our, the guild. Yeah, go to our guild, or if you want to in YouTube, feel free to put that in the comments, right? Put in what you're, go along with us. Go back to our last video and put your 50 through 41. We love to see these lists. Yeah. So it's kind of selfish. Like, we want to see and we love the interaction of the board game community hearing what people's lists are. So, so come dance with us in there you go. Town. If you are on our YouTube channel and you've never heard our podcast, you can go to uh, meepletown.podbean.com or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much all those. You can just search Meepletown and you can find the podcast because... Um, I think it's okay. Is that's, it, that's all right. It's a, the, decent po- it's a decent podcast. It's it's adequate. It is up for a ton of awards that we've come up with. In, Ourselves. On our own. Yeah. Yes, that's and, right. And we won all of them, actually. So it's worth checking out. If you're listening to the podcast, Undefeated. this is smack dab right in the middle of the podcast. So you need to know we're also broadcasting this on YouTube. So check it out if there. If you haven't gone on YouTube and subscribe, right. that'd be awesome. But let's get to it. You say? <laughs> I say. It's time to do this. Number 40, Europe. All right. So Europe. Europe, because you like Euros. That's right. That's what I was thinking. I do really love Euros. Speaking of Euros, uh, my number 40 is an Alexander Pfister game. Some people say this is his greatest game. Um, There are several games I think some people say are his greatest game. This came out in 2015, and that is Mombasa. Uh, Mombasa is a really great game where you're going to be... What's interesting, what I like about it is I really like the card play. Um, the way that you have to plan out the way you're playing your cards. I also really like, and you know what? I should go ahead and click on some of these pictures. I love the way that you have to you have to plan out the cards, but I also love how you're building those cards. You're building your deck so that you can be able to do different actions. There's several tracks like you see here. If you see them, a book track. If you're listening on the podcast, um, there's tracks all around the board that you're going up because you're also investing in companies in this game and so those companies is going to be obviously worth more the more you invest and the more uh, buildings like you're seeing here that are out on the map and so at the end of the game you're going to score points based on that if you ever played Maracaibo there are I think that the um, the way the nations are Dean the way you go out is influenced obviously it has to be by this game um, Mombasa Solid game that came out six years ago. Still really enjoy playing this. Um, the only downer I have is I don't love the way it plays at two, and I play a lot at two. So if you're one of those persons, I don't know if I would buy this game if you were just going to buy it for the two-player count. 
Besides that, really good. You haven't played it, and you need to. Okay. I'll Boom. do that. I've played lots of his other games. This is one that I'm told that I probably would like. And you enjoy his games. Maracaiba was on my list already. That's exactly right. Might be his only of... Maybe his only game that's on my list. I don't uh, know. We worked, but I really I like a lot of his games. by Ryan Fournier that Dean needs to be beaten up because he said that Great Western Trail is not on his list of top games, 50 games of all time. That's right. So it What ensues. games do I want to play right now? At least 50 other ones besides that one. All right. My number 40 is, that a, was for you, Ryan. is a Stefan Feld game. Some people say this is his greatest. Not what is many, it? Not many people do. <laughs> this is Amerigo. Although it's ranked number 384 overall. Did you say what Mombasa was? You probably did. I did not. And okay. we've been doing a good job of that. Or I had been doing a good job of that. I'm going to go back to that real quick, y'all. It is 89 overall. 89 overall. So, so really high. agree with you there. Okay, so Amerigo is a game where you have a cube tower and you are going to be dropping cubes. You love cube towers. I love the cube towers, but I think I've only played like one game. This is it. (laughs) But you're dropping cubes into a tower and that's going to determine what actions you can take that round. So essentially, and John's going to talk about this a little bit later, so I'm not going to go into a lot of depth. But basically, you'll be able to move your ship around based on how many blue cubes or if there's any blue cubes come out. And the majority of, you know, whatever the the majority of uh, the cubes are that came out. So anyway, the way that this game plays out, the way you're building an engine through the tech tokens that you're going to get, the way you're moving your ship around and docking, and you've got these polyomino pieces that you're building onto the islands and gaining majority of points that way. There's so much cool stuff going on in this game, but really it all comes down to the cube tower because I love the cube tower. (laughs) I love it. It's a fun game. Well, I'm going to pass on talking about this because it will actually not only be in my list, but today on my list. So there you go. That is your number 40. 40. Amerigo. My number, speaking of Alexander Fister, I'm going to go back to back Fister. And I'm going to say Bombasa at 40 and Maracaibo at 39. By the way, John only has two designers on his top 50. That is is not true. (laughs) I have three. Feld and Fister. (laughs) That's that's what this is. No, you forgot about Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Oh, yeah, that's right. Three. You that's can't right. forget about him. That's right. That is, ooh, percentage-wise, that's a lot of your games. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> so, um, Maracaibo, Dean mentioned this. I got a chance to play this again uh, this last week. I hadn't played it in a while. And what I was struck by that I, w- reminded me what I like about this game so much, there was a prototype version there in that picture, is the card play. I'm going to show some cards here. Yeah. The card play is absolutely brilliant in this game. To go along with that, if you see here, they have these synergy tokens that you can get. And synergy tokens um, affect the card play. So it's not just I'm comboing this card with this card. It's this card gives me synergy token. And then whenever I grab this other card over here, it's going to increase my income track too if I have that synergy token. I just think that that's super brilliant really really fun what do you think yep i mean it was in my top 50 yeah somewhere in there it was like 40 something i also really like i talked about mombasa in the way that the um investing in companies works um the way that the nations go out and you're you know getting more influence with the nation i like that on the board a lot you know the going around on the map i'm showing the map here isn't the most interesting thing for me i think that's what like i kind of when i look back at the game and went mm, i because you can just go to spots where you just do two actions by going to a village. I didn't feel like that was as interesting as like Great Western Trail because Great Western Trail, you're constantly building more buildings in it. Yes, they do change with the quests and stuff, but that's going to be why Great Western Trail, one of the reasons I like it 
uh, better than Maracaibo, but I still really like this game. That is my number 39, Maracaibo. Yep, great game. So is Great Western Trail. You don't need my validation from it being in my top 50. Oh, I don't need that at all. Maracaibo I don't care about yours. There. And I didn't mention failed. I failed you again. 36 overall. We did mention that last in week. In 2019. So. This game is two years or a year and a half or whatever old, and this thing is 36 overall. I, I, I get it, I guess. I mean, I've rated 39 overall. So last week I talked about a game that came out this year in 2021. This one came out last year, 2020. It was the Meeple Town Collective Game of game the Year. Game of the Year! That's right, in 2020. This was my number maybe like, I don't know, three, four or something on the, that list. Tawantan Suyu is a game by David Turtsey, which is a worker placement game, but it's a really interesting take on worker placement. And speaking of games rated 36th overall, this is rated 1,000, ranked 1,235th. Yep. So, so very, very close <laughs> to that. Just missed it. I don't know if that's because this game came out in 2020 or it's just not getting enough hype around I it, but people need to play this game. I think it's a combination, but I think it's not getting the hype it deserves. This game is so good, it's not even going to be on my list today. Yeah. It's going to be later on. <clears throat> I only added two games from last year to my list. Now, looking at this game, it looks not pretty on the table. I think it looks yes, good. Yes, it does. No, close up it does, but when you're looking at it from far away, it doesn't have like this amazing table presence. But basically, what you're doing is you're placing workers. You're taking the actions based on those... Uh, well, you have to play a card with that that matches a symbol where you're placing your yes. worker. If it's the only worker of its color in that area, surrounding area, then you're just going to take one action based on whichever symbols are around there. So you might be taking potatoes. You might be doing other things, okay? Yeah. If you have other workers, you're going to be able to take multiple actions. Um, again, based on the symbols that are around there, yes. you can take, like, if you have two different color ones, you can take two different actions of, you know, the surrounding actions. Really interesting piece, but there's a lot more to this game than that. You're building up tapestries, which is like an engine building, building piece. Yeah. There's um, the, the meeples themselves have special abilities, which is fantastic. I love, I love that. that about I it. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts every of the game. Every meeple has its own, I mean, every color has its own special ability. There's yeah. tons of ways to get points in this one. This was, it's, it feels like Feldy, but it's, I mean, it's, I, I don't want to take credit away from David Turski. This is very much his design and it is fantastic. So good. And for somebody who's not like all like I don't love all the Euros, you're much more the Euro guy than me. This is this is a fantastic game, and I highly recommend people checking this one out. To want and sue you, the true, Inca Empire. Forgive me, Dean, but I'm truly stunned this was our game of the year just because I didn't think you would like it as much as I do. Yeah, I still don't think you like it quite as much as I do. Oh, no, no, I don't. Are close. Yeah, you're actually pretty close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played yep, that again I recently. Game. I will share that later on, some of my thoughts. That was your 39? Yep. To want and sue you. My number 38 is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Remember whenever we played that at your house that one day, Dean? You don't yep. remember. No, I do. I and you, remember you whipped me at it, didn't you? I'm sure I I think did. I remember you I just win a lot of games. bending me over and, and tapping me on the booty. I did not your, do that. Your children walked in and they're like, what's going on in this room? Oh, my goodness. So this is ranked 96 overall. For a good reason. Um, so the, Simone Luciani, uh, Virginia Gigli, um, Flaminia Brassini, like this team has designed a lot of very good games. Very good games. Coimbra is a good game. Um, Alma Mater from this last year, from last year was a very, was a good game. I don't think Luciani was on that one, but this team has uh, created some very good games. This is my favorite of their games. Um, and this was from 2016. So this is you know, there's been several games they've done since then, some really fun games. But in this game, what's so cool about it is 
you have these dice that you roll all three dice and that's the power action that everyone is going to get to use, right? So there's not just like a, a luck thing where I rolled well and Dean rolled poorly. You're all gonna have to figure out how to make those dice work for you. There is ways to mitigate and change the dice um, values and stuff like that. But this is another game, I mentioned card play in Maracaibo. Isn't this game, Dean, pretty much all about the card play? It's yeah. getting the right cards, yeah. building the card engine. Um, it's really fun in this game to run your engine. If you build, like, certain sets of cards are going to give you engines. Some are going to give you, like, in-game scoring. I'm trying to, on the YouTubes, y'all, find some pictures of that, of some of the cards out. Here we go, the picture with different cards. Um, some are, again, going to run your engine. And that's fun, when to run the engine, when to get in-game scoring, when to shift your focus potentially in the game. These spots, the worker placement spots in this game, are super tight. And when to go, when to get that card, but I really want that action there. That's not a card action, but oh no, Dean might take it. Really like this one. Yep. All right. That's it? How like, about, no comments about it. I, I, it's an okay game for me. I didn't love it. I, I think it's fun. Get it out of here. I think it's a fun game, but it's not like top tier for me. Lorenzo Il Magnifico. I'm tr we're trying to make sure that we say the name again in case. Say my name again. That's right. Say my name again. Lots of people 38. really, really love this game. And that is, what did you say overall? I think you did say it, but... It was, I'll go back. Uh, it was like 96 overall, I believe. That is correct. Okay. Speaking of super dry Euros, I'm looking at Hansa Teutonica. Now, now you're not going to see all of these really dry Euros, but this one is a very dry. I pulled up the big box version. Dean, you have it on your screen. Well, old... so it's ranked 134 overall when you look at Hansa Teutonica, the regular you. game. But the version I have is the big box version because that's what you can get these days. Looks pretty cool. I, I like the yeah. The look I like of the it. art on it. Looks nice. Yeah, it's it's cool. So basically, one of the reasons I love this game is how fast this game plays. Every turn is lightning fast, unlike most any game that I've ever played before. It's it's really cool. It's almost like you're playing like this timed version of a game. You're gonna take actions based on what you have on your uh, on your board. And so if I have three actions, I'm gonna take three actions on my turn. But later on, I might be able to unlock more actions, so I can take you know five actions. What you're going to do is you're basically throughout the game, you're going to be placing these cubes onto the board and gaining majority of these different routes. That's essentially it. But there is a mean piece to this game in that I can take one of your cubes off of the board and put mine there instead to prevent you from getting that. But here's a cool thing. You might think, oh, that game's mean and I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. You won't because they will take one of their cubes from their supply and then put it onto the board adjacent to the tr the route that they're on including the one that they just got rid of so, so it's not not like you're shifts. losing yeah you're not losing anything you're actually gaining a big benefit from somebody doing that and in fact you might even set up and you will do this i'll set up cubes in john's route just to mess him up because i know that he'll have to push me out and i'll be able to get more cubes on a different i like that adjacent route this game is fantastic john this game no doubt will make your top 50 maybe even your top 20 if you play it so here's the you'll th love this game i've almost bought this many times the only reason i haven't is just there's it's not two player now i do know that the original and people talked about this actually has a two-player variant yep so i could just go back to the two-player variant and play it with this which is what i would do i wanted to say Rado that's what's hesitated did a, did that's what's hesitated that. me yeah right is that right i, I don't think, know i think rado did a two-player uh, playthrough of this with that variant i think that's right it just seems really strange if people like that variant. maybe the variant's not good i've heard some positive things about it. it seems very strange in a time where we're wanting to have two-player games and solos of everything 
why they would come out with a game and just do three to five. If you rate this game based on two player experience, I think it wouldn't be as as good. And maybe that's it because the player interaction is what really does make yeah. this game so strong. They made us be saying, you know what, we don't really want you to play it like that. If you have to, you have to. Yeah, yeah. This Sounds game good. is it's really really good. But I've again. I don't know of a game that plays faster on your turns. Your turns might take like 10 seconds. So you're like zipping around the board. So good. There you go. Number 38. Is that right, Dean? Hunta Teutonica. Yep. My number 37 is better than Orleone, and that is Altiplano. Do I have to say that every time? Yes, I do. I mean, do you want to spread lies every time? I will. I, it's, it's a uh, controversial statement that i make it's not and controversial what's it rate what's it ranked overall uh, it is ranked 295 overall and orleone is ranked less because simpletons like orleone it's 25 i mean there is no competition john <laughs> that's a joke completely by the way <laughs> um orleone i'm sorry <laughs> ah, you did I've it early on in the brain i won uh so altiplano is uh reiner stockhausen game and so is orleone they're very much compared to each other makes they're both sense. really good too by the way yeah altiplano came out um, when a year or two later when did Orleon come out did Let's you have that pulled see. up I do have it pulled up because I'm talking about it today Stockhausen had it on the, uh, 2014 uh, okay 2017 when it was Altiplano I'm just making the point that he sat back and thought about what would make Orleon better and he came out with a better version of the game and that is Altiplano if you disagree with me that's fine so in Altiplano there's all these different kind of like islands they're they're not actually probably technically islands but they look like islands and you're going to be moving around to those and really just buying and selling goods you're getting these goods and you're building. Uh, it's a bag builder game. So those that's fun. I like bag builders. You, Dean? I do a lot. Talked about Quacks last week. Yeah. Yep. It's a bag builder game. Um, you're going to be unlocking uh, uh, you know, more abilities to move around faster and cart your things over. And uh, you're also going to have tiles in this game that are going to unlock ways to do things faster. Or maybe even give you goods that you couldn't get before. And so you're building engines over the course of the game, doing a lot of buying, selling, trading. I like the Traveler expansion, if you've never played with that. It adds more thinkiness. Um, what I like about it better than Orleone, I just, if you've never watched me say this, and I think Orleone's a really good game. I, I kid. I joke. But I like how you have to go through the entire bag before, you, so it's not as luck-based, before you... Um, put them back into your bag your uh discs and then start drawing them back out or leone you're just drawing them out every single time so you could just get unlucky and kind of like the cube tower in amerigo there's one stuck in the corner and you just don't pull it or whatever i guess you could shake your bag up better anyways um that and then on top of that i actually like the extra piece of having to go around and like move your worker around this um around these little island looking things here in Orleone you don't have to worry about that this adds another layer of thinkiness it also adds another layer of AP and my negative for this game is I do think it can get a little long in the <sighs> tooth sometimes I said it I won I won you told me this a while ago and I was like eh, I don't know but last time I played it I was like hmm I was several rounds left. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for this to be over. That's easily my biggest complaint. I, I, I get that. I, I, it's I understand. It's a fun game. It is, it is really cool. All those things that you said you like, I like as well. Just last a little bit too long for what it is. Yep. If they would shorten it up, it could be really even higher. So anyways, that is my number 37. That is Altiplano. What is your 37, so Dean? My number 37 is a not Euro game. I've moved away from the dry Euros onto something a little more thematic. That is Star Wars Imperial Assault. So this ranked is ranked forty nine. Ranked forty nine overall. Hi. I think people really like this game because it has a couple different ways of playing it. One way is this the story mode where you're using the well, 
you're using an app. I mean, if, if you, you know, once they kind of redid things, you're using an app to play through this. And those minis, it has those, minis. That's mine? why. That's right. <laughs> that's why Dean has it. I do so have high. painted this one painted up too. Not everything. Cause that's a lot of stuff, but so people like the story element. I really like the story piece, but the skirmish game of this is really, really fun. You can pick your team. You can, you know, I can use the, the, the Imperials. I can use the, the rebellion. I can use the scum. I can use whatever, you know, and, and I'm building up my team and then I'm going to take you on John and I'm going to take you out in these different missions. It's fantastic. Either way you play it quite enjoy. I don't even know if I have a preference over which one just because they offer, you know, benefits with e either side that you're, you're playing. So anyway, I love this game. I don't think this has been on my list before, which has been a surprise. It hasn't. At least last year it wasn't. And it should have oh been. My gosh. It, it probably should have been. It's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. I hadn't played it in a while, but it's fantastic. I'm tired of scrolling through all these pictures of everyone's painted minis. I just want to see the board game in action. But all I get is everyone showing off their minis. I don't know what to tell you, man. You like that. Would you, would you, on BGG, do you ever like go through a game and just spend a ton of time scrolling through? Oh, look at that. Looking at miniatures? Child. Yeah, just looking at miniatures and the way people paint them. Well, yeah, I have to, if, as a painter, for me, I'm not to like get better. super creative. I need to see like the, the color scheme, a lot of what people paint things. It, it helps me out a lot. So, makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, that is your number 37. My number 36 is a game that went off my list last year and now it's back on. So, hey, on again, off again. It's one of those types of relationships. And that is Viticulture. I'm surprised this jumped back Essential on. Essential Edition. This is the only Stegmeier game on my list. So, Tapestry, no. B but it was very borderline. All right. It was borderline. Ryan, no, maybe not very. Ryan Fournier, Fournier, who asked John to beat me up, I can almost guarantee, I know Ryan. I know the games that, that Ryan likes. I'm pretty sure he's going to want you to get punched over that. Let me explain it. I'm going to explain why it came back on the list. This is ranked 24th overall. Um, in Viticulture, by the way, you are you have your own winery. And you're just going. That's a pretty straightforward worker placement game. Uh, and you're going to be placing your workers and doing the actions that it says on the board. In addition to that, it has some fairly interesting card play. But this is what I like. This is why it came back on my list. Because I went and I said, what game would I rather play? This game is probably the game that I get most thematic about. I know that maybe sounds silly. A wine-making game. I really enjoy wine. Like, it's just something I enjoy. I really enjoy going to wineries and talking to, you know, mom and pop shops about how they open their wineries and just sitting around thinking, wow, that'd be really cool one day if I had my own winery. In this, what, what I love about this is I love going and getting a glass of wine, sitting down and pretending I'm doing a winery. I, I'm it's totally the with you. experience. Yeah. Uh -huh. Less than it is the mechanics and the gameplay. Though they're good. They're good and they're solid. I just keep saying, you know what? I would rather have that experience than some of these other games, even though I might, might, but the mechanics are really solid in this. So there you go. That's why it joined my list again. I you, like it You've heard me talk about Keyflower being like a comfort game where I can just sit yeah, down. That's, that's how what, this, this is. This game is exactly that way. You're absolutely yeah. right. It has been on my list before, just didn't make it this year. I actually love Viticulture quite a bit. I actually could have had probably four games. I consider Pendulum being on my top 50 too. That's a... That I might could have even made this higher. Yep. It's a good game. It's really Pendulum. good. Pendulum. Pendulum, really, top 50. It's a good game. Mm. It didn't make my top 50, but it could have. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it near that much. That's cool. Look That's at cool that. Upgrade. All right, my number 30, what That's is That's my number 36. All right, number 36. Did <laughs> you say what that was ranked you may have? But. Number 36, uh, Viticulture. I did say what it was ranked, but I'll go back. It's 24. 24. 
All right, mine is Endeavor Age of Sail, which is ranked 120 overall. I've never played this one. You keep telling me to play it. John, every year, every year this has been on my list, and every year you say (laughs) I need to play this game. Even the 2009 version is ranked at It's the same thing with Anachrony for you and the same thing with Caverna for you. That's right. Maybe we should actually just sit down and play games sometime. Endeavor Age of Sail is a game that I think John would like. I don't know if it would be top 50, but I think it would probably be a potential just because I know the games you like. This is a... Yuri game, but it has a lot of player interaction in it as well. So basically you are building up your, you're putting different buildings onto your board, which are going to, it, that's the engine building piece of it. Okay. So you're building an engine through your, um, through your buildings and every round you have to build something. And that's the, like the timer for the, for the game as well. And at the top of the board, you have these different trackers to show, how many of the different people you're going to get, how many, you know, how many, uh, what type of level building you can build and, and lots of other different things. But essentially what you're going to be doing is you're going to be worker placing, kind of, uh, taking the actions on the buildings that you've already built. And that will allow you to, on the map, take your disc and you're going to be gaining control of different areas. Mm-hmm. When you take over an area, it's going to give you a bonus, but you're also going to try to expand outside of Europe and you're going to get bonuses in, in the form of cards for exploring different areas and taking over the majority of those different areas. And then at the end of the game, you're going to get a lot of points based on your majority, based on a lot of other things, but really you're, you're trying to gain majority in these different areas. Um, if you have disc on either side of a victory point, then you're going to get that victory point plus however many victory points are in the um, towns and ship areas that you're building. So really cool game like this one quite a bit. The gameplay is, uh, the gameplay is actually pretty simple. It's, it's right in my wheelhouse of like, weight and yuri cool mechanics but also having some player interaction and a little bit of a little bit of theme going on here so this is a weight of 2.8 which is again right there in my sweet spot there you go that's it i do not have the kickstarter version of that which is really that's the picture of that you're showing right now which is really cool the kickstarter looks great in the version Yep. yep Number 36, is that right, Dean? Yep, Endeavor Age Endeavor of Sail. All right, my number 35 is uh, my favorite two-player game of all time. Uh, it's Targi. Yeah. Talk about game Targi. that's not as uh, super heavy. Um, it's Andreas Steger, 126 overall. Uh, in this game, you know, I this is, you know, 2012. I've, I just kind of look back and go, I've played this game for a long time, and it stayed on my list for a very long time. This is probably, you know what I mean? Like, this has been around for a while. I've played it on uh, Board Game Arena a decent amount. How about you? Yeah. No? Uh-huh. Um, yep. I'm, of course, I have the physical copy and I've played it more, but I still have enjoyed it on Board Game Arena. But in Targi, it's just, it's, uh, what? how many cards are there here? Five times five? 25 cards that are laid out on the table. And you're going to be... When you uh, count the border cards. If you, yeah, when you count yeah, the border. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was just about to uh, say that. But you're going to be placing your Targi, but you can't place it across from another player's Targi. Um, around the border of this game, and as you do that, um, after the end of the after you're done setting them and everyone places them, you're going to go and like get one of the goods in that row or that column or whatever, or you're going to be able to you know buy cards by selling your goods or giving up your goods to be able to put them into your tableau. The way you put them into your tableau matters, right? Yep. Whether you want to have different um, symbols or risk it and try to have all the same symbols for you know more points, all that kind of stuff. It's just a really Pretty fast-paced, 45 minutes, maybe an hour-long game here um, that just feels just, like, elegant. You know, I think it's one of those that I just feel like it's just a very elegant game that's just absolutely fantastic. Yep. So Yeah, really fun game. I totally agree with that. I don't know if I agree with it being my favorite two-player game. Probably not. 
but it's still really good. Yeah, I, th- I think, and I'm talking about two-player only games. Yeah, two-player only. Not yeah. games to play with two players, but I do think it is the highest rated one. There's some other ones that are really close, but anyways, Targi, such Very a good cool game. Very cool game. That's you 35. Know, John, something you need to know about me is I'm a pretty shallow person sometimes. Sometimes oh, we know that. I just want to eat meeples with sharks. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I don't want to think. I just want to to have fun. Just and do. Survive, Escape from Atlantis is very much that. There game. you go. This game is wonderful. Caveat with the right people, right? You have to play this one with the right people. People that are okay not getting their feelings hurt. That's a pretty fantastic the, version of the someone game. Someone has made their own. Um, it looks like clay, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Pieces to this game. And that is. What do you think, Dean? Would you do that? No, 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 no. I think the components in this are fantastic as as they are. All right, let's actually get to the game. Go ahead, Dean. So what you're doing is you're moving your different meeples around on the island. This is a this is Atlantis. The island is is fading away, right? And so you are trying to escape onto these outer islands before the island just eventually gets destroyed by a volcano. Okay, and I'm gonna join up with John in a boat and say, Hey, John, let's sail across this boat. And then I'm going to take control of it. And then if John has, you know, let's say John has two people on there and I have one, he's the only one that can control it. And I think, wow, I don't mind losing this guy because he's only a value one, but John might have high value people on there. Take it down. I'm going to destroy it with a sea serpent or a whale. And now they have to swim to shore if they don't get eaten by sharks. There is so much hooting and hollering and just good times in this game. I love it so much. A lot of push your luck. This one was published in originally in 1982 as well. And it's, you know, this is, a, is an That's older game. older than I am. Mm-hmm. I was born in 83 for those who not do not me. know. I was playing this game at two years old. That's not true. Yeah. But love this game so much. I think this one's been on my list every year because it's, it's just great. It's Would you choose game. to play it with Legos like this person did? No. Okay. I think the components are just fine. <laughs> <laughs> number 35 for Dean. That is Survive Escape from Atlantis. My number 34 is... 289 again, overall. I don't know if I said that. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. No, that's good. It's good. Is ranked 45 overall, and that is Zulkin, the Mayan calendar. You brought up Tawant and Suyu. This is a different designer. This is Daniele Tassini and Simone Luciani. Uh, but this game has some giant gears on it, doesn't it, Dean? It oh, does. that's a prototype version there. Let's get to some like real pictures um but you know what dean it's not a, it's not just a gimmick is it nope because in this game you have extremely grueling decisions y'all and that is um you are going to either place workers that's the bit or you're going to pick workers up you can't do each and so planning your turns as to uh, when you place them they go on these gears and when they're on the gears every year what's going to happen dean they're going to notch one or, or two notches potentially yep and or maybe not years every round is what i meant to say they're going to notch and so you're going to move into another spot which is going to give you another ability or a different good if you pull them off so there is this game has a lot of kind of like pushing your luck the timing aspect is incredible in this game incredibly important that you get the timing right so that you can get the stuff that you need in order to score the points that you need to score there's these a lot of tracks that you're going up and down and all this good's not hopefully not down but you're going up a lot of these tracks you are building um getting tiles to kind of build engines a little bit really fun zulk in the mind calendar i'm i'm a, i'm going to go out on a limb and say that might not be the only one in the series that's on your list you never know i'm just guessing you I'm never guessing know here. you like this one yeah it's fine <laughs> wow 
<laughs> you just had survive escape from Atlantis, and then you said hmm. that's fine to Zolkin the Mayan calendar. Yep, Zolkin is. If a I was listening game to you about right a now, calendar, I would be tuning out. If I said, "Hey, general public, would you want to play a game about a calendar or one about getting eaten by sharks?" I mean, you're telling me that people want to get eaten by sharks? No, no, no. A game about getting eaten by sharks or eating other players by sharks. Thirty-four, Zolkin the Mayan calendar. <laughs> What's your 34? My number 34 is a, uh, this is a, a, another new one. Here we go. It's another new one. But Deanie new train. This one. Deanie hype. It's, it's kind of weird because if you know anything about this is Raiders of Scythia, this one came out in 2020, but this is a re-implementation of Raiders of the North Sea with the expansions. There's some twist and some changes in the rules and how this one plays out. But I went ahead and put Scythia because I, I'm thinking, if I'm promoting this game for somebody and teaching, you know, saying, hey, you should check this game out, this is the point that I would go to. Go to Raiders of Scythia if you've never played any of these games before. In this game, it Are is... Are you telling us that Raiders of the North Sea is not on your list? This is the one on your list. Well, I'm not going to put both of them. That would be silly. Okay. Right? I, I could have put Raiders of the North Sea on my list with all the expansions, wow. and I think that would have been fine, but I decided to just... You'd rather just play this. Put it all Pretty together. Much. Yep. Simpler. So, that's you, right. If you ha- if you don't if you have all the expansions and stuff to Raiders of the North, so it's simpler than that. Yeah, yeah, okay. a little more streamlined than that for sure. So you're gonna place a worker, take the action, then you're gonna remove a worker and take the action of that spot. It's as simple as that. You're gonna be at the beginning of the game and and kind of throughout the game too, but mostly at the beginning you're building up your resources. So you're gonna be gaining uh, all of these all uh, your. Uh, cards, your crewmates. I was trying to think of like the. You're trying the to get food. the proper turn. I'm just like you yeah, get the fine. yellow, and you, you get, get the, the black. You're gonna get food. You're gonna get your uh, provisions. There we go. You're gonna get your. You're gonna build up your crew, and then eventually you're gonna be sailing out, and you're gonna be raiding these different areas. And when you raid them, you're going to be taking all of your. Uh, all of the strength that you have and adding it with a die roll in there potentially. And that's going to determine how much more strength or how many people have been injured and all that. And then it's the player who has the most points at the end of the game. Once you get to trigger that, that end game, there's a lot of cool things that I like about Scythia that I, that I like better than just like the regular base game of Raiders of the North Sea. And I think that's why I threw this. In you like the instead. Eagles and the horses that that's you can right. add. I've got a picture of that up here. That's I do right. too. I like there, there's things. a lot of cool things. And overall, I, I like Scythia better than I like North Sea. The art components, all that's really well done too. Really fun game. Yeah, it's game. a fun game. It's ranked 779 overall. Let's see. North Sea is, wait for it, a brr, 92. 92 overall. That's really good. I, do you see foresee Scythia ever passing that? Probably not. It's. I, I think there's a lot of people who have North Sea that are probably not that interested in Scythia. Yeah. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. Anyway. Kind of like me. There's no reason to have both, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah. But I still I like it. It's a really, really good game. That's your number 34. My number 33 is a game that went off my list uh, last year and is back on the list. And that is, oh, let me rephrase that. This is my favorite two-player game. <laughs> Only game. <laughs> Unless you have the expansion, you can play three. That is Fields of Arl or Arla. I don't know. Rosenberg game. Um, Dean, you enjoy this one, right? Yep. I do. It is not on my list. I was wondering I, if it but was. I, really I was kind of like teeing it. you up for that. Oh, you know what? Actually, I don't know if this is on my list. Could it be on the list? I don't know now. I'd if have to go higher. look at it. It might be higher. So it's, it, it's a game that could have very well made my top 50. It's that good. Just a fantastic two-player game. Now, I will say it can get long because it's just a heavy... It's just a lot of times whenever I look at two-player-only games or small box games, they're under an hour. This is not that. This is a... Um, not that you 
this is a, definitely a, a much more lengthy, robust game that you have in this giant box. But in this, I mean, you are going to be placing your workers and doing actions like a lot of other Uwe Rosenberg games. But some of the things I like about it is you can kind of build an engine based on the power of your actions, which if you're looking on the YouTubes, you can see this in the middle of the board here. You can, as you increase those, your actions are actually getting more powerful. Um, there's a lot of upgrading your, comp um, like, wares and goods and stuff like that in this game that can feel really nice whenever you're doing a lot of upgrades you're sending them off to different towns and and just some really cool stuff like that this is just uh, a lot of great mechanics in this game really like this one a lot it's not going to be my last rosenberg game on the list for sure uh, but just yeah i guess at this moment if i'm willing to play a longer game this is probably my favorite only two-player game yep there you go fields of arl 34. Yeah. It's interesting. You just said Targi. <laughs> 33. You just said Targi is the best two-player game. I know. And then you rated one higher. I did. That was wrong. <laughs> it's because I never, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't think about this game often as a two-player only game. And it can it's be so a, big. And it can be a three-player game with the expansion, right? It can so, be. That's so exactly right. All right. My number 30-something. I did not tell them what that was rated. I don't there think, we go. I apologize for this. It is 64 overall. Wow. I'm actually surprised. I didn't realize it was that highly rated. Yowzers. The weight is 3.88. That sounds pretty heavy. It didn't seem like it was that, but there's a lot going on. Okay. My number 33 is a game that's ranked 107 overall. That's Champions of Midgard. This is, uh, I often put this next to Raiders of the North Sea because it's kind of in that, or Raiders of Scythia. It's kind of in that same Viking midweight Euro placer placement game, that sort of thing. So in this game, it, you are placing workers and you are trying to. You have the to, minis for this? No, I okay. don't think that's a thing, is it? I saw some people with minis. <laughs> they must have had, must have gotten them. No, so in this game, you're placing workers. Again, you're kind of building up things to to improve your clan, improve your whatever your person is called. And anyway, after you do that, then you're going on these different missions. You're trying to destroy monsters, and you do that by your crew, your axemen, you got your swordmen, you got your, what's the other one, your berserker or whatever. You are then using them to roll the dice and to attack these monsters. Now, that game itself is fun. The base game is fun. But it would not have made my list. You really, I think, need to get at least Valhalla. the Valhalla expansion. The other Dark Mountain one is, is fun, too. I enjoy that one. But Valhalla especially is almost an essential to make it rise up this high. It makes it from a really good game to a great game, I it think. It mitigates the bad dice rolls. That's right. Because if you, some people really don't like when you just are at the mercy of the die rolls. And if they're terrible, you don't get anything. You just don't kill the monsters. But with this, you get these little tokens that will help you later on in the game that really does change things quite a bit. So totally agree I with highly that. recommend that. This is a really fun game, especially if you're like me who likes some of those midweight Euro uh, thematic type games. This is this is really good. Yeah, Champions like Midgard. Have I played this with my wife before? I don't remember, but I feel like okay, she would like this Are you asking game. me this question? Yeah, I'm asking you and I'm asking myself. And Meepletown. Meepletown, has John played this with his wife before? I feel like this is one she would like. So that's probably right. We need to, we need to get this one out. Yeah. I All feel right. like you and her are even more similar for sure than her and I in games. That's probably right. She probably likes some heavier ones more than I do. I would say sometimes. Mm, I think I force her to. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not a force her to obviously, but I ask her if she would like to. And I think, I think she would rather, I think she <laughs> would force, rather, I mean, I ask. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely. <laughs> I think she would rather hang in that like three, weight wheelhouse so speaking of games that are, i'm going to guess is in the three weight wheelhouse i would guess 
2.99 on BGG. There you go. Uh, the rank overall is 384. Dean already talked about that, so I'm not going to go into much more details about it. That is Amerigo, a Stefan Feld game. Um, yeah, so I, I, I like the cube tower like Dean does. Um, I think that's really cool. I just think that this is one of his games I feel like that I feel maybe one of his more thematic games because the way you're going out to the islands and expanding. And I love the way at the end of the game you look at and you just look at your islands and what you've been able to, um, uh, to what do you call it? Oh, my gosh. it's This game is not about exploiting, is it? No. And if it is, then I pretend like it's not. It's about exploring. It's not exploring, settling. Let me say settling. That's what I meant to say. These territories that you're settling. And I love looking and go, man, look at what I was able to accomplish. Um, I like the way that you have the, the negative cannon shots in this game. But you can mitigate it pretty easily if you want to. Like I, I, I kind of like those mechanics. But then you're maybe not playing as optimally as possible. Yep. It's off, oftentimes pushing your luck a little more is actually probably more advantageous. I like that. Really good game. 32 Amerigo. Was it, we already said this one too, but what's that one overall, John? That is 384 overall. Mm-hmm. There we go. So that's my 32. So I've got one more. Dean's got two more. What's your 32, Dean? My number 32 is a game that is ranked 25 overall, higher than Altiplano, and that is Orléans. I was expecting you to say as a game that is better than Altiplano. I would never say that. Yes, you would. It is better than Altiplano. It is a game that is also in that same wheelhouse, that that weight wheelhouse of around three. It's 3.04. It's a bag building game just like Altiplano. You are going to be drawing pieces out of your bag and then you're using them to put them out onto the board to take different actions, but you're going to have to stack these different discs into different spots in order to take those actions. And so part of this game is you really need to figure out which strategy you're going to go with and then which of those types of workers that you're going to want to draw out of your bag. Now, John mentioned this one is a little bit luckier. And in the sense that he was talking uh, talking about, I don't disagree with that. However, it's really important that you are going to whittle your bag down, right? You can't just load up with a ton of of disc in your bag. You really are going to have to take them out, which is why I recommend the expansion on this one, which allows you... So in the base game, you can still whittle out your pieces, but it's just not as interesting, the board that they're going to go on to. And uh, I forget which expansion it was. Trade and Intrigue. intrigue. That's that's right. I think. I think that's right too. So you are placing them onto a board that is more interesting and you're you're able to to do more things. That's right. And you're also exploring around on this board too. As you're taking the different actions to travel around, you're going to get different resources. Those resources are going to help you get points and other things. And anyway, it's a fun game. Bag building is is a lot of fun. I enjoy that quite a bit. I want to play more bag builders. Yep. That's two on my list so far. There you go. I still have Orleone. So, um, yep. So I still like it enough to where I didn't just toss it. I don't play it a lot, but I still, when I want to play it, I want to play it. For all these games, I also recommend getting those those geek up bits from the board game geek store. They're pretty sweet. It, it's just nice. It's a lot more appealing drawing those like plastic pieces out of the bag than it is these thin. They're not thin, but cardboard pieces. Dean was not paid or encouraged to say that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. We make all the monies. Anyway, my number thirty one is another Stefan Feld game. How about that? Are you surprised this is this high or no? I'm not surprised that you have another Stefan Feld game. This you got three designers on all of your top fifty. Three hundred and two overall, a two thousand seven game. So this has been around for a while, and that is no- Notre Dame. Um, anyways, by Stefan Feld. Oh no! Look you at did. that, man! Someone like really up to this game. Holy smokes! That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That is impressive. Yeah. Anyways, for this game, 
I'm because just, this game is so good. They have no, their it's own good, miniatures. It's just, if you're listening on YouTube, their own buildings that stand up. This is incredible. It looks amazing, but it's Notre Dame that you're putting this for. Notre wow. Dame is a really good game, but putting all that stuff in there does not make it any more thematic. I'll say that. Although it looks amazing. Uh, I think it would make it a little more thematic, maybe. So in this game, it's really interesting because you have a deck of cards and you're going to be drawing three cards. Is that right? I should know that. And you're going to have to pick yeah. uh, between two of them. And, and you always have these pools in this game of I've got these things, but I really want to do this and I really want to do that. This game is super tight. Like you, Money is very tight in this game. The rats that come and attack, oh man, you want to get rid of the rats. You want to get more money. You want to spread more influence out into your burrow so that you can get more powerful actions. You want to do a lot of things and you can't do them all. That's right. And you got to figure out what's the most optimal. And what I like about this, why this is ranked so high for me at 31 is, it's a pretty quick game. I can get it pretty quick, thinky decisions, challenging decisions, and man, let's go back, throw back to 2007 and say he killed it then, it still holds up today, I like the cards and the card play, I like the expansion, um, and I think that that really adds to it as well to give it some more variability. We did a playthrough of this not that long ago, we actually messed up one of the rules on there, it had been a minute before since the last time we played, but, we fixed it on the but video. definitely check that one out, it's, it's a fun game. Yep, if I can remember, I'll put a card link to that uh, but if i don't if you don't see one right now then just Meet be like town, what notre an idiot. Dame. just type it in come on 31 notre dame dean what's your 31 your last 31, one for today the last one of the day is a 2014 game sheriff of nottingham now this is wow. a reprint of a game originally called robin hood let me see when that one came out i am clicking on that right Look now at that guy so this one initially came out in 2011 and then it was picked up by Arcane Wonders, and now it's published by Come On Games. And the reason why I'm saying all that is because I have the Arcane Wonders edition, which I think is the prettier version. But if you have that and the expansion, that's what you're getting with the Come On version, if I got that right. So in this game, it is a game of bluffing, John. I'm going to have... I know. It's been a really long time since I've played this. Okay. So let me, let me just refresh your memory a little bit. Somebody's going to be the sheriff, and the sheriff is like the gatekeeper. They're trying to make sure that nobody's bringing in contraband to the city. So I've got... I've got my bag, and I'm going to say, hey, John, John is the sheriff. I've got four bread. I have to call it the same, the same type of good. I've got four bread in my bag that I'm just trying to get through the city. And John's going to say, okay, I'm going to trust you, or I think you're a filthy liar. And if John opens up the bag and I was telling the truth, then John owes me some money, okay? If the other thing happens and I brought contraband in, which is more than likely going to be what happens when I'm trying to get things through the city— then I'm going to owe John money, and I'm going to lose that contraband. This game is amazing. That's pretty much it, right? With the right people. Yep, that's that's essentially it. Yeah. I mean, you're you're trying to get different sets, and you're going to get points that way. Like that's how you're going to get points is is getting the uh, not sets, but getting more than other people, getting a majority of different types of good contraband is going to give you a ton of money, and whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. With the right people, this game is amazing. With the wrong people, it's not as much fun. So you really need yeah. to enjoy the One bluffing. Of those games. You need to enjoy the bluffing, but the game is just amazing. It's it's incredible. There you go. It is better than Notre Dame. Are you serious? You you seriously think that <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham is better than Notre Dame? Uh, yeah. Of course you do. Yeah, I do. 
<laughs> so that is okay. it for this next 10. This has been quite the, if you're listening to the podcast, it's been quite the lengthy episode of the podcast. We had to do the we had to do a That's review it. on Ankh. That's true. And if you want to hear our review on Ankh, go listen to our podcast. That's right. That's exactly right. But in the meantime, John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you are enjoying our channel, we would love for you to subscribe to our channel. If you listen to us on the podcast, we would love for you to give us a rating on iTunes or whatever you're listening to us on. We're at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to support what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com slash Meepletown. And as I mentioned earlier, we are Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Dean, just a quick question, since we talked about Ankh. Is there a board game where there was a rule in it that really just ruined the game for you? This did not ruin the game for Ankh for me. But is there something where you're like, man, if it did not do that, I would really like the game. Yeah. (laughs) You really did put me on the spot. Because I know that there's games like that. It's hard to think about. But I just can't think of... I can't think of right off offhand. That's, that's I feel terrible. like there's not a ton of those that I have, but there are some where I'm just like, why do they do that? I don't like that. And I don't often house roll games either, so that's yeah. There's some. There's I know there's at least a couple that you have said before that um, you house rule just because of that. Now again, I have to admit with Ankh, it's a personal preference thing, but I don't preference that. Yeah. All right, I got a question for you then. Mm-hmm. What is a robot's favorite snack? A, I have no idea. Computer chips. Nailed it.